Welcome in to another edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. As usual, I am your host, TJ McBride of MileHighSports.com. That is where you can find all of the writing and all of the chaos that we produce for Mile High Sports as it pertains to the Denver Nuggets. Um, I'm going to continue with the free agency chaos that we have been dealing with in the NBA right now. Just kind of outline what's been going on from the Nuggets perspective. Uh, kind of just give my thoughts. And then honestly, the reason that I'm doing this podcast uh, was I wanted to kind of open up the forum to different fans of the Nuggets and listeners of this show to kind of give their two cents as to what they would do if they were Tim Connolly and they were the runs, the ones running the Nuggets for the free agency period. And the whole point of this exercise was for one, to maybe help debunk some popular issues that maybe the casual fan or regular fan does not understand, and two, to kind of open up the playing field and see how many different ways we can shed some light on where the Nuggets currently are by just opening up the possibilities that are on the table by letting everybody throw their possibilities into the pot. So it's going to be a very random podcast. I don't have a whole lot of notes. I kind of wanted to just kind of go off the top of the head and kind of just see where I ended up with it and see kind of how the conversation had grown. But beyond that, I am going to talk about how Garrett Temple has been connected to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I believe it was Mark Stein of ESPN was the one who put it out there that the Nuggets are interested in Garrett Temple, who can play the point guard, shooting guard, or small forward position, all kinds of stuff. I'll get into that. Um, Before we dive into this fan frenzy podcast, that's a good name. I'm going to call it that. The Fan Frenzy Podcast is I want to give a shout out to first the Regulators Production Group, as I always do to start this podcast. They are the ones who reached out to me to to help me put these beats together for the intro and outro of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. It would be a much more boring and lame sounding and less original podcast if I did not have the help from the Regulators Production Group. So make sure to go on to Instagram and look them up. They are at Regulators Regime on Instagram. You can also reach out to Rod Simba on Instagram as well. That's R-O-D-S-Y-M-B-A. Additionally, this Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast is powered by Mile High Sports, where that is where the location of it is that is where it exists that is where all of our content exists so definitely check out the site and also thanks to terrapin care station for being the benefactor of the denver nuggets daily podcast i would not be able to continue the show if it wasn't for them being the financial sponsor of the show so for any of your cannabis needs in the denver metro area make sure you find a way to terrapin care station and here's just another quick couple thoughts on them Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. Let's have some fun and dive into all of these fan creations for what 
for what they would do if they were Tim Connolly heading into free agency. So let me preface this with three or two separate rules that I kind of built in so that I wasn't kind of over talking or you know, talking about things that are completely impossible. And to preface it, I did not include I did not include any deals or any ideas that involved the Nuggets not picking up Paul Millsap's option. As of today, it is unable to go back and actually decline his option. So going into the season, Paul Millsap will be on the Nuggets roster for $30 million. So any deal that did not have that as an aspect of it, I eliminated. Additionally, I did not include any high-priced free agents in this as well because the amount of upheaval that it would take and the amount of um, cap maneuvering for the Nuggets to be able to open up areas and cap room to be able to get high-priced free agents like Tobias Harris, like Klay Thompson, like Kemba Walker, it just is, it's just nearly impossible. So I didn't want to spend the time on all of that just to eventually not have any of it mean anything because it was never actually possible. I wanted to get into the weeds of, the, of to what I think the Nuggets are thinking and what could be potentially on the table. Also, very random note, but Trevor Ariza was the most common name that was brought up when I was doing this. Which I thought was very interesting. I did not anticipate Trevor Ariza being the one that everybody wanted to talk about, but here we are nonetheless. So, let's just start it off from the top. Jordan Scott, uh, his idea was do what the Nuggets have already done, decline Paul Millsap's option, and then don't do any crazy moves and just sign us a 3 and D player. The reason I wanted to start with this was there's a lot of different 3 and D players that have been brought up. Whether it's Damari Carroll, whether it's Tabo Cephalosha, Glenn Robinson III, Trevor Ariza, there's so many players in that ilk of a player, that archetype that could help the Nuggets, that I kind of wanted to start with that. And this is, in my opinion, the safest route for the Nuggets. There's no, you know, it's not a high risk, high reward kind of move. You're not putting any future flexibility at risk, nothing like that. So I do think that, yeah, in my opinion, I would give that situation a B for a grade because there's no massive upside but there's no massive downside and maybe you get a little bit extra help from just adding an additional wing to the roster so I don't think you're wrong by any sense and I actually think this is probably the likely route that the Nuggets take but getting a Damari Carroll or a Tabo Cephalosha or a Glenn Robinson III or Trevor Ariza or someone like that a veteran 3 and D player it would be helpful for the Nuggets so for me I would give that a B overall um Another name, and I'm going to jump to Jake Vanderbrink for this one, is Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Um, the reason that I'm kind of combining these two, because these are two separate ideas, technically is I want to talk about the type of player that the Nuggets are looking into and what kind of a role they could fill. When it comes to signing a 3 and D wing, it has to be remembered that the Nuggets trust Torrey Craig already, that they want to play Michael Porter Jr. this year, and that the, that the word is that he'll play more small forward than power forward, and they still have Will Barton coming back from being injured for most of last season. So the minutes that are available at the small forward position for a 3 and D type player are very low. When it comes to Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who plays much more of a power forward role, there is an opening. Trey Lyles, while you Yes, he has been tendered a qualifying offer. The odds are heavily in the favor that Trey Lyles is not with the Denver Nuggets next year. That means the Nuggets are either going to play Jared Vanderbilt a pack of power forward, or they're going to have to find a new way or a new player to do so. So for me, I wanted to include Rondé Hollis Jefferson in this because I do think he does help, and I think he would actually be able to get some minutes. He's a strong rebounder. He is a good finisher inside. He has the ability to playmake a little bit if he attracts double teams or season 
open teammate. Really, the, and he's a good defender. He knows how to play in a team construct and has the right size in order to do so. But the one thing that's always been a fallback that has been a, a negative for him was that he has never spaced the floor. He's never been a three-point shooter. He's been much more Evan Turner than anybody else. Um, you know, a big version of Evan Turner. So, I, but apparently. He has been working on that, and if he can stretch his game out and hit corner threes, he could be a very helpful player. So I wanted to include Jake Vanderbrink bringing up Rondé Hollis-Jefferson in this because I would also give signing a guy like him a B as well for a grade. I do think he's a good player, by the way. I think all of those players could help. Damari Carroll, Tabo Cephalosha, Glenn Robinson III, Trevor Ariza, and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. All of those players bring something to the Nuggets that they could use. So it's not like these are deals that when I give them a B, it's not because I don't agree with it. It's because it wouldn't just be a big upside move. It wouldn't completely move the needle for Denver, despite the fact that it would help. So I do like those guys. Uh, thanks, Jordan Scott and Jake Vanderbrink off the bat. Rick B on Twitter asked me about, this was, this was his idea. Rescind Lyles' qualifying offer. Extend Jamal Murray for less than Nikola Jokic and more than Gary Harris. Try to expand, extend uh, Malik Beasley. Wait and see with Juan Hernan Gomez and let him get to restricted free agency and then stand pat for the rest of the free agency period. So... Overall, I think this is a very, very good idea. I think this was the closest to my thought process from start to finish with a couple, you know, changes here and there. So first of all, I do not think the Nuggets have to rescind the qualifying offer to trade Lyles. Rick B did not specify a date in which he would rescind the qualifying offer, but the only reason why it is there for Trey Lyles right now is just in case the Nuggets do not have another option at backup power forward, and somehow no other team throws him a, um, an offer sheet that would be that the Nuggets would have to match. I don't see either of those situations actually becoming true, but it, there's no reason to close doors on opportunities unnecessarily. So I do not think that rescinding Lyles' qualifying offer immediately is a good idea. I do think if he gets a bigger offer, offer somewhere else, you just let him walk. Um, Extend Murray for less than Jokic and more for Gary. I agree with this wholeheartedly. Um, I actually put a thread of tweets out about looking ahead to the 2020-21 free agency period and how much money the Nuggets could have and what their players could command in free agency. So the Nuggets are going to are now extension eligible for Jamal Murray, for Malik Beasley, and for Juancho Hernan Gomez. I like the way that he spoke about this, Rick B did, was extend Murray for less than Jokic but more than Gary. So Gary Harris is making... $84 million over four years. It's a very good deal for him. There's nothing crazy about it. Um, some people may call it overpriced. I would call it very, very cheap for what he brings to the table when he is healthy. Nikola Jokic is actually just under a max contract. He has a $500,000 incentive-based contract every single year that keeps it slightly below a max. But finding that sweet spot for me, would be Jamal Murray at four years, $100 million. Here is $25 million a year. It is life-changing money. It is one step below a max. You are significantly better paid than Gary Harris is and Will Barton, and that's just where he fits in the hierarchy. Um, we'll see if Jamal Murray wants a max. We'll see how that ends up playing out, but that's kind of how I see it working out, and I do agree with you in that situation. Trying to extend Beasley is very interesting because... I've talked to a few people just around the NBA world, not the Nuggets themselves, but when it comes to Malik Beasley, this is a risk-to-reward a risk 
differentiation that he has to make now because he's had one good year. He has had one year in which he was consistent, one year in which all of his skills shined. All of that only happened for one year. If he gets hurt or if he regresses next year, the offers could disappear very, very quickly potentially. And especially with how many teams are trying to spend their cap space this summer, there might not be as much cap space out there next summer for him if he doesn't get extended this year and chooses to go to restricted free agency. With that being said, though, if Malik Beasley allowed the Nuggets to extend him and agreed to that, it would give him life-changing money right now. And that's something that I think would benefit both the Nuggets and Beasley. So I do think they'll try, in my opinion, giving him a three-year deal worth $30 million or $33 million right around there is the sweet spot for me. But he might want more than that, and he might want Will Barton money, which... Frankly, he could command on the open market, so we'll have to just wait and see, just like we will with Wancho Hernan Gomez. Um, Wancho Hernan Gomez is a very interesting conversation because with Wancho, there is an argument to be made that why not try to extend him for very cheap right now to keep him in Denver? He has had so many injuries and ailments that have kept him from a consistent spot in the rotation, but yet the Nuggets have seen the upside that he has within his skill set. So for the Nuggets and Wancho, it could be beneficial for both of them to come to an agreement early. With that being said, it is very low on the priority list for the Nuggets, I'm sure. So if they just don't get to it, they just don't get to it. And I don't think that's a big deal for either party. So I would expect them to wait and see. The part that I disagree with is the stand pat. Um, the Nuggets can use their mid-level exception or their biannual exception to sign a one-year deal to add a little bit more depth to this team. There's no reason to do nothing if there is somebody out there that can help you. The last piece of this is, I think, the most important one. Try to consolidate for a deadline or for a star player at the deadline. That's when this really gets interesting is that the Nuggets may have their best opportunity to acquire high-level talent, not during free agency, but once you get to the trade deadline and different players potentially become available. So I would grade this as an A minus just because rescinding Lyles for no reason I wouldn't agree with and just standing pat when you could potentially find a player who can help without hurting future financial flexibility. There's no reason for that for me. So beyond those two things, this is a very, very good situation. And if you would have added those two things, I would have called it an A plus and said it was exactly what I would have done. Um, let's keep it moving. Human Z's, I, I don't know how to say his name. I'm going to be mean to you, though, and I'm very sorry. His idea was to trade Gary Harris, Mason Plumley, and Will Barton to sign Danny Green. Um, I don't get this. I, I, the reason I want to bring this up is that this has been brought to my attention through a lot of fans multiple times, and there's a lot of people that are trying just to trade people to trade people if it was them, and that is wrong. There is no way in the world that Danny Green and his value can add up to Gary Harris, Will Barton, and Mason Plumlee and what they bring to the table. First of all, Gary Harris is already better than Danny Green is right now. So I'm not willing to go that far as it is. You know, you have an expiring contract when it comes to Mason Plumlee that is much more valuable on the open market that you could use later on than just to go clear cap space to clear cap space. Trading players to trade players is dumb. I don't, I'm, I'm sorry to be this guy. I don't care. Trading players just to trade players is dumb. You have a goal in mind. If you're going to trade Gary Harris, it's because you have a clear and specific goal that you are trying to accomplish and you had to trade Gary Harris to get there. Beyond that, I don't get it. So I put this grade as an F because I'm just frankly an asshole and I don't agree with it whatsoever. But I wanted to at least use that trade idea, that idea for free agency to kind of spell out my frustrations with how fans can look at this process. There is no need just to just move off guys and to get a name that you personally like if 
one of the three players you're trying to sign is actually better than the one player you want to sign. So have a plan as to why you're going through this. Uh, moving on, Anthony Martin. This was through Instagram. Make sure you go follow me at TJ underscore McBride MBA on Instagram. I also put all these up on Instagram where it's if you want to ask a question or whatever it is for the podcast, it'll be on there. Also, it's a little bit more of just my life, not just strictly basketball. So you'll see a lot more weirdness and chaos. But um, Anthony Martin was trade for Bradley Beal ASAP. He said include Jamal Murray, picks Gary Harris, or an Uber code if it helps. He doesn't care. And honestly... This is something that I fully understand and I fully get. And I actually agree with it wholeheartedly. But there's a lot that goes into this. So first of all, Bradley Beal is widely accepted to be not on the trade market right now. And even if he was, the asking price for him is so astronomically high that people aren't willing to go to the lengths to get him. So that has changed how available he is. And because of that, it becomes much more difficult to actually get your foot in the door to have a conversation about acquiring a player like Bradley Beal because he is so incredibly gifted and would fit this team so well. But this is where things get extremely interesting. And I want to preface this by saying I have no insider information. This is me just kind of inferring about how the Nuggets could have a better opportunity to chase a guy like Bradley Beal on the trade market. So first of all, Tim Connolly has all of the Washington, D.C. connections. He has all of the East Coast connections. He is friends with Tommy Shepard. He met with Ted Leonosis. He knows that organization very well. If there's anybody who could, could... potentially talk their way into a conversation about about Bradley Beal, it would be Tim Connolly. I don't know. Again, this is off the top of my head. There could be somebody out there who is more connected to that area, but I don't know of them. Tim Connolly has all of the connections possible to get his foot in the door to be able to have that conversation. Additionally, the Nuggets have the assets to make this work. They have Gary Harris and uh, and Jamal Murray as two young blue chip type players. They have Michael Porter Jr., Jared Vanderbilt, and guys like that as sweeteners. They have Paul Millsap, Will Barton, um, Mason Plumley as good trade filler to actually build the trade financially. They have all their future first round picks from this point forward. They have the treasure chest of assets to be able to get themselves involved in this conversation if they are able to convince the Wizards to have a conversation about it in the first place. Taking that even a step further... Bradley Beal would be perfect in Denver. I don't care which guard you traded. If you traded Gary Harris or Jamal Murray, you just insert Bradley Beal into the other position and let him go. Nikola Jokic is the, you know, he is the point guard of this team, essentially. Bradley Beal can fill in the Jamal Murray role better than Jamal Murray can right now. That's not to say Jamal Murray can't be a better player, but Bradley Beal is better than he is right now and can play that role better than he can on both sides of the ball better than he does right now. Same with Gary Harris. I mean, he's a better shooter than Gary Harris is. He's a better defender than Gary Harris is. He's bigger. He's been more durable. There are so many things that Bradley Beal brings to this Nuggets team. A lights-out shooter, can attack closeouts, knows how to play, make off the bounce, can shoot off the bounce, can defend three different positions. I just... He's the one, in my opinion, that makes the most sense for the Nuggets to go after. If they really want to improve this team, it's not going to be in free agency. It's going to be closer to the trade deadline. That's my take, and that's why I think it was so important that Anthony Martin asked this question. Also, shouts Anthony Martin. That's my guy. He's a good friend of mine. He does great work out in L.A., and give him some love. But regardless, I do like the fact that the, that the Bradley, deal, Bradley Beal idea is such a good one. And it, In my opinion, that would be an A+ for me. Uh, Moving on, I'm going to give 
another F out to somebody, and I'm very sorry. Hugo asked or brought up the idea of trading Monte Morris, Will Barton, Mason Plumley, and two first round picks for Kevin Love and Jordan Clarkson. His idea was to start Love and bench Millsap while playing Jordan Clarkson as a backup point guard. This is when you really need to start looking into what you're bringing back, what the value different guys are on the market. I know people have brought up the idea of Kevin Love to Denver before because Gary Harris was almost traded for him two years ago. So I get that. But let's be very, very honest here. Kevin Love is not going to demand two first-round picks, a young player with a non-guaranteed option in his contract next year who became one of the best backup point guards in the league, and Mason Plumlee who could start on half of the teams in the league right now is at center. That doesn't make sense. And then to take back Jordan Clarkson, who in my opinion is one of the worst players in the NBA right now, that's crazy to me. Like, you got to really look into this. And to bench Millsap for love and have no defense after going into being a top 10 defense last year, I don't get the idea of trading for Kevin Love or anybody on that roster as they are currently constructed in Cleveland. It doesn't make sense to me, so I gave it an F. All right, my last one, and this is honestly just for fun because I love the idea and I'm probably going to end up accidentally ranting about it, but I don't care. Ben Pfeiffer of the Stepien, who is awesome at his draft work. If you don't follow the Stepien, or if you don't go online and go to thestepien.com, if you don't follow Cole Zwicker, if you don't call, follow all the guys at the Stepien for draft stuff, you are completely missing out on the best platform for all draft analysis. And Ben Pfeiffer is absolutely a part of that. But now that I'm done gushing, this was just funny and it's never going to happen. Trade Jamal Murray for Jonathan Isaac. Start Jared Vanderbilt, Michael Porter Jr., Jonathan Isaac, Bol Bol, and Nikola Jokic. And Ben deserves all of the A's for this. This would be a team where everybody is 6'10 or taller. Everybody is a pass happy and shoot and, and able to shoot the ball a little bit other than Jared Vanderbilt. Everybody is huge. Everybody is strong. They can all rebound. And it would just be so funny to watch this. Like, could you imagine Jokic coming up the court as the power forward? Forward with Jared Vanderbilt in the dunker spot, Michael Porter Jr. and Bull Bull stretching the floor, with Jonathan Isaac kind of playing that rover position, whether he's cutting, spotting up, whether he's hitting the offensive glass. Like, I don't even know what it is. I don't even know what it could be, but all of these players could literally handle the ball, initiate the offense, get screens from one another, and you could just, I, I don't know what a defense could do. It would just be hysterical. I love this so much, and it would never happen, and it probably shouldn't ever happen, but in my fantasy world of not watching NBA basketball for a little while now, this is amazing, and I absolutely love the idea, even though it'll never happen and probably should never happen, but man, could you imagine that? Like, Jokic, you're our point guard. Jared Vanderbilt is going to be the power forward. Bull Bull is going to be the small forward. Jonathan Isaac is the two guard and Michael Porter Jr. in there as well like what kind of chaos are we trying to I, I love it I don't even fucking care I absolutely love it all right so as I'm recording this podcast I'm looking at my phone and it's literally been 21 minutes since I started this podcast and in that 21 minutes there are strong rumblings that Kevin Durant is heading to Brooklyn and that the Lakers are leading are in the lead for Kawhi Leonard that's from Chris Broussard uh, Mark Stein is saying that the Nets have a big amount of confidence that they're going to also get Kevin Durant to go with Kyrie Irving and then sign DeAndre Jordan in addition to that, there is now Brooke Lopez planning to sign a four-year $52 million deal to stay with the Bucks. You literally can't look away for Twitter for 20 minutes to do a podcast or the entire NBA landscape is suddenly altering and shifting under your feet. So, holy shit, what a league. This has been a lot of fun. But <clears throat> as it comes to the Nuggets, they have no part in any of that. 
The Nuggets aren't going to be able to be suitors for any of these players. They're not going to get involved in three-team deals, it seems like. So it just isn't really a thing. What they have been mentioned in is a, a team that could potentially sign Garrett Temple. Garrett Temple is a he's a he can play both guard positions and is big enough to play some small forward. He averaged 7.8 points, 2.9 rebounds, and 1.4 assists last year. Shot only 42.2% from the field and 34.1% from three. But you know he's he's a decent player. He's the kind of depth that can play both guard positions and play on the wing that the Nuggets are looking for. He can shoot a little bit. He's a smart player. He knows how to play defense. He may not be an incredible individual defender, but he can play very strong team defense. I was talking to my guy Cosmus on Twitter and he was telling me he might be his favorite team defender in the entire league. So he is a very good defender in a lot of ways despite the fact that he's not going to lock down Paul George's one-on-one. Um Six foot six, near seven foot wingspan. Um, he was signed to basically the mid level exception up until now, becoming a free agent. If I'm the Nuggets, I would not be giving him more than a one year offer, whether it's the biannual exception or the mid level exception. There's just no reason to try and keep a guy like Garrett Temple for three years on the team. So I would expect them, if they are going to sign him, to get just a one year deal. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is who the hell thinks that Garrett Temple is better than Will Barton? Garrett Temple has never over, averaged over 10 points in a season. He's never shot better than 44.8% from the field. He's played nine years, and only three of them had a positive net rating. Like, I get that he's a good player, but Will Barton can go out for 35 on any night. He can break down a defense individually. He is the same size without a little bit of the weight and girth that um, that you have with a Garrett with Garrett Temple, but overall, like you, he's a better playmaker, he's a better shooter, he's a better scorer, and he's a better leader, from what I understand. Again, I I could be wrong, I don't know, but that's kind of my perception of this. But that's it. That's all I got. I there wasn't going to be a whole lot of of conversation to have today, not until free agency kicks off, which I will obviously be keeping you guys up to date with as things are changing. Um, There will be a new podcast, I'm sure, coming out on Monday as well. But for now, this has been the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys later.